Hello, listeners. Tobin Fox here, and welcome to Tobin Has Podcast. Today's episode is a bit different than the previous couple because it is the very first edition of In the Chat. In the Chat is a place where I get to talk to my music friends online, and I get to record the conversation and have a little chat. Today's episode is with Isaiah Villar, and he just put out a new album recently, and we get the chance to talk about it a bit, and, you know, a variety of other things. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the, the episode. You know, I mean, that's why you're here, right? So, intro. YouTube's probably going to give me an ad because I don't pay for premium. Oh, hey, I don't pay for premium either. And sometimes I'll be jamming to something and then like midway. Try YouTube like, premium on us. We're YouTube. They really make you want to buy that stuff. They really, really make you want to like <laughs> pay top dollar for that. Oh, okay, I'm going to lean back. All right, get comfortable. So, yeah, so Autumn here, what's the weather where you are? Because I know you are from California. Yeah, Southern California. Uh, it Southern is, Cali. It is fall, too. It is fall. Is, is, like, is it just fall or? It just, it just like, it's still like hot here, but it's now slowly like turning to be like, okay, the weather is cool now. Like it's about to be like a lot nicer rather than just burning hot because that's what usually where I live. Right. That's where usually it is. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So starting from the beginning, talking about music, since this is a music podcast, uh, I'm trying... I don't honestly remember the first time we would have met each other, because we, how we know each other is a circle of SoundCloud producers, essentially. And I know yes. you from one of your older aliases, which, uh, do you, is that something you want public information? At this point, well, I mean, my college web's like, so, um, my call, like, I have a artist page on my college's website, which also shows my ideas. I don't mind. Honestly, I like the idea that, like, people who loved the Jesus Freak 101 stuff be like, hey, I really was a huge fan of that, and now I'm a huge fan of this stuff. So it's like, for me, it's like, wow, there's people that have been there since the beginning. So for me, I really don't mind it, especially with this new era. Like, I don't mind it that at all at this point. You know. Huh, yeah. So yeah, it was Jesus Freak 101 when I first heard of you. And I don't I don't remember how long ago that was, but it's it's been been a hot minute. It's been a few years. But I remember just like cause cause back then dubstep was the thing and you were the the, the Jesus Freak dubstep producer. And that's that's what I remember of you. If I don't know if that's doing you justice, but no, I mean, yeah, I was the dubstep. <laughs> you were the dubstep guy. I mean, the the first tracks I ever made, like I don't know, they, they would be under the like electronic because I was like, I'm just figuring yeah. out my software. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, especially to be my, fair, yeah, I was figuring out my software. <laughs> well, no, that's what everyone's doing, but. Uh, I think yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, no, no. I was just gonna say I was like thinking that we met like a, I think I just met people through people. Like I think the loyalist and like a few other people were like the first few friends that I had, and then it just expanded my reach to other people. Yeah. So like from Crin and Rob, I went over to meet you. I think. Yeah. Like, I think it's just from people to people. It's it's just it's there's a lot of like friend circles that slowly like morphed around into each other's friend circles and then some people started talking from each of those friend circles starting new friend circles uh yeah so yeah it, I've, it, it's cool because it, because of that i've gotten to meet uh cool guys like me i mean i like to think i'm cool but i think no I think you're you very cool are, oh thanks man you're uh, very cool so now what is really cool 
with you is even though you started with the you know the heavier electronic music with the alias Jesus Freak 101 you've moved onto a very different vibe and you've gone with your own name now this is something that's for like myself I I haven't produced a body of work um, but everything I've made is under my name Tobin Fox and in the future I hope to create a body of work like an album that's that's something I aspire to do and I'm working on at the moment uh, though not with a very clear plan in mind it's just kind of like general ideas and it's a slow evolving process at least on my end so you just came out with an album recently now how many albums have you made Isaiah I have this is the fourth one this is so I've made four albums fourth albums and that's crazy to me when when was i as the host i mean this is unprepared but i should at least know when you've posted your albums that would be good on my part but <laughs> i mean i wonder if i could wikipedia you eyes yeah yeah no i tried that it doesn't work <laughs> <clears throat> i'm choking my own water my bad yeah. whenever you google me you'll get like mike tobin from like a newscast somewhere i don't know who but like apparently tobin's a very popular last name but yeah nope nope not me so i said yeah i think my spotify shows the dates when it everything's released and oh i get your youtube that's the first okay that's the first result here and i got your twitter i mean i probably searched up before and oh there we got we got some images so yeah no it's you that's good that's good um, but I want your Spotify. So let's see, let's see here what what Google gives us. So we got okay. your popular tracks from your latest album, Cycles of Change, which I'm looking forward to chat about. And then yes. we got appears on artist playlist discovered on. Oh, I guess I could share my screen so you can at least see what okay. I'm looking at. That might help you. There we go. Hold up. Oh, oh look, that is a beautiful photo. I love that. <laughs> a parallel universe. Let's see. So there we go. We got albums. So we got Growing Up from 2018, Loss of Innocence, Rough Night in Riverside, and then your latest one, which is Cycles of Change. Now, yes. I'm trying to think where to start. What is... I'm distracted by this music. It's giving us Christmas for an autumn playlist. It transitioned to like autumn to Christmas, but then uh, it's weird. Okay, speaking about autumn and Christmas, is that like I've been also like strangely obsessed with like playing a little <laughs> bit of Christmas a little bit once in a while. So like right. I'll play like, you know, the normal autumn jazz songs and then slip in a Charlie Brown oh, Christmas just you're a little one of bit those. into it. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't hate that because I love the, the Charlie Brown jazz pieces. That's that's something that I love dearly. If yeah. I have worked in retail, actually I still technically work in retail. If I could control the radio for around, you know, fall and winter, especially around Christmas time, if I could make it only, you know, like the book cafe piano jazz playlist that's, you know, only Charlie Brown, I would be a much happier person. But no, no, that's not what gets played. They play Mariah Carey. They play Justin Bieber. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything against those guys, but it's just like... It's all year, all year round. Yeah, it's it's when it's when you work the retail. It's just much harder to listen to. It's 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 just much worse. But anyways, so uh, what I'm gonna do with your permission? Can I play some of your music in the background? Sure. Yeah, I think you'll be okay. If if I don't know how the rights work and like podcast, I never like. I don't know if anybody has tried it. If they, if you do get like a copyright strike, I will try to deal with this myself. Yeah, and look like copyright with podcasts, like anything that I've read, like because this is like the early days of this podcast, and this this podcast really is me. Well, just just uh, pioneering the craft for myself. And if this podcast were to go down in flames, like I've just started, it, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I, I could start another one, but. Uh, like anything I've read, it's like 
probably avoid copyrighted things, probably a better idea, but it's, it's not all cut and dry. And I've listened to other podcasts that they play copyrighted music and I don't know how they're getting away with it. So I'm going to see how long I can get away with it. I think the similar thing is I think, um, when Kanye West last year, so Drake leaked Kanye West song called life of a party. And then like people just put it in podcasts (laughs) so they can listen to it on streaming (laughs) services. And it was, it was there. So like, I don't, I mean, yeah, (laughs) it happened. So you could probably get away with it. But I'm allowing you. This is me saying this is yes. Permission. You Thank you, Isaiah. One. I appreciate it. Do you have a recommendation for what to start? Like, because most of the stuff you sing in, and that's another thing I want to cover. Uh, but yeah, what do you have one that you recommend off of uh, like cycles of change? Uh, uh, like for the vibe right now. Well, yeah. Uh, gee, I think the I, I would recommend either the two most chill songs on the album, which is um, either How Long or um, when the lights fade, those are the only ones that I can think of like that could fit the vibe of this podcast. Okay. But we'll, you know, we'll start with how long then. We can try to talk over it. <laughs> yeah. So when did you start writing cycles of change or is it kind of hard to tack down? Well, I started kind of writing it in bits and pieces because I had an idea of I knew what I wanted to do. I had this whole idea of what the concept was going to be. It's like a getaway, changing. And so I was trying to just writing little bits and pieces. I think I started after a summer trip in June of 2021. And so from then on, I was just kind of trying to write bits and pieces. And, and I think a lot of those songs, writing those songs, was trying to recapture a memory. So like most of the songs like written, I was trying to recapture memories from a summer 2021 trip. The, the summer 21 trip that inspired the whole album. okay okay that's so cool yeah the first three albums like i knew like it was going to be like an indie vibe but i think for cycle of change i really kind of longed to go back to that jesus frequent one kind of style of making because i was kind of yeah because again i was working on these ideas and i was like thinking hey it would be really cool to make a hybrid between the first three albums and then some of the G's Frequent One stuff. That's why in Hearts Heavy, the first track off the album, there's a synth that has been pretty prominent in my G's Frequent One stuff. There's like certain things or elements that I'm like, okay, this could be G's Frequent One-esque. Like you can feel that in that track or that track. I just felt like a lot of these, yeah, like a lot of these are based on memories. A lot of these are based on changes in my own life. Like the whole album is basically a reflection of the changes that have been, that I've experienced during COVID and also during just 2021 and even 2022. So a lot of this album is just a reflection of those ideas. And that's also why I think Wait For You, another track of the album, is so electronically based because I was like, I really want to make kind of like an electronic vibe album. Right. But yeah, so so basically, Cycles of Change is me trying to recapture memories, recapture moments in time like G's Frequent One and kind of combining them into this one piece. That's... yeah so cool (laughs) so okay now when did you start singing because that's something else that that i'm curious about because i mean on your very like the electronic stuff it it wasn't especially like back in like the mid 2010s that didn't that wasn't much of of a focus it seemed like for music trends at the time and it's something that especially like as producers you you got uh I think you get extra credit for singing yeah so I'm I'm just gonna start another song I'm actually gonna start one of my favorite songs off of the. The walls are caving in before it is getting larger, getting wide. Hear my thoughts and words inside A thread of violence through their eyes Eyes I isolate from all my peers Like the door head Cool. I, I can answer your question though with in regards to how I got started singing. I mean, I started learning how to do music in like in 2012 or 2013 after going to a concert and so 
for me, I just, I, I, I've always wanted to sing. So I've always like, that was the thing. Like I wanted to be a singer songwriter. Right. Cause I saw this artist named Brandon Heath live. And then I was like, okay, I, I want to do what he does like and sing. But I knew that like, I didn't have puberty at the time and I knew my voice sucked. <laughs> and that's, that's a good thing to acknowledge when you know that your voice sucks. Cause <laughs> some people don't. And I mean, we love them to bits. But it's important to to recognize where and when you need to grow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or practice it's, or learn. Exactly. And so for me, like I knew, like I was like praying to God, like I hope that this puberty thing will make my voice sound better, and it, it did. It did. <laughs> like I like my voice just like upgraded. I was like knew what this puberty thing was gonna do, and so. I just kind of just started like I like throughout those years, even through the Jesus Freak 101 years, I just started like writing a bunch of songs throughout those years. I knew my production skills weren't at par yet, but I just started like writing a bunch of stuff uh, for the last like for those years. Like I think the period like I think I started producing in 2013 and then like released growing up in 2018. So during that period of that Jesus Freak 101 period, I was just writing a bunch of the stuff of what would become growing up, all the songs of what would become growing up was written in that period and uh, earlier. So yeah, like I did, and I didn't really post about it. Like I performed in front of my friends and family, but I didn't really move on forward with re actually recording it until like, I was like at a place where like, I felt comfortable with what I was doing with Jesus Freaking One. I felt comfortable with knowing how to do this stuff. And so at that point I just started going. And then no matter what the quality of the song, of the, you know, the recordings were at the time, but it was just something an attempt. And then I and then I think I started, I think, I don't know when, I don't know if you're a witness to this, but during like 2017, that's when I started to like slowly unravel the Isaiah Villar stuff. Like I started singing in my own stuff and then reposting it and then not telling like, oh, is this Jesus Freaking Wonders? Like, no, not me. But I think there's a point where like people started to realize it. And then like, we had like, there are people who like genuinely enjoyed the stuff. So I was like, cool. like. I'm yeah so I just started to make more stuff right like so something I'm just thinking back for my interview skills we jumped right to the album and like what what a lot of people don't know is like the time leading up to it and like the musical experience that you have to acquire like we talked about Jesus Freak 101 but where did you start? Yeah. Like, when did you start taking, like, did you take music lessons, like, growing up? Uh, I didn't take, well, okay, so the closest to music lessons, like, I did take a guitar lesson younger, but all of the guitar was mostly self, was mostly self-taught. The ones where I really got lessons was definitely, because I needed to get a degree. I was like, my parents are like, you got to get a degree at college. So I went to Norco College which they have a wonderful music program. Uh, and, and I have a wonderful mentor. Shout out to my professor, Brady Kerr. And really, that's where I learned how to become a better producer, learn mixing and mastering, and kind of learn how to collaborate. And I think the most important part from that thing is not only did I get to learn how to collaborate with such amazing, talented artists, I got also to know how, like, my area. Because oh. I, I live in kind of like an area where I don't really know if anybody produces. But now I I'm aware that there's, like, so many people who are in my area, who produces, who works on music, who sings, who does stuff. So I so I didn't really feel that alone. Like the only people I knew who were my producer friends was on SoundCloud. So expanding from SoundCloud to the, you know, not not saying that you guys are like real friends, but like to well, the, you know. People that are, <laughs> are real you can world. see in the flesh that aren't thousands of kilometers or yeah. miles, if you're American, away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, that, yeah. But it's really like refreshing. Oh, yeah, because you can go up to these people and they're like, what do you think about the Audio Technica AT, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I think they suck, you know, or, or whatever. They, you can get in a, it's, it's yeah. a very different feeling when you get to talk about all these things with someone in person. It was funny because I was doing, because I started, I think after the pandemic, I started taking photos and interviewing artists and talking about their craft and stuff like that. And I used this uh, Shure SM57. They're like, oh, I used to use that mic, but then I upgraded to a better mic. And I was like, and that was kind of like a wake-up call, like, I should consider upgrading my mic. Yeah, no. <laughs> that was like a wake-up call. The gear that we use is important. It's true. It has yeah. an effect. It, gear is important, but it only just makes things easier. Literally, it's really knowing about how to use that gear to best use. 
really. Because, like, yeah, it's really just knowing how to use the gear mm-hmm. to best use so, overall. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, one thing that I, I, I am curious to talk about right now, you talked a little bit about uh, people that inspired you. When I listen to your newer stuff is that I really get a strong Reliant K vibe uh, from your music, which I think is so good because I, I personally love Reliant K. That's probably some of my favorite uh, music to listen to. Yeah, no, that, it just makes me feel good listening to Reliant K. I, I didn't grow up with Reliant K, but I think during like 2016, 20, no, 2017, I heard Forget and Not, forget and not Slow Down. Get and that is not one, slow down. Yeah. It is one of my favorite albums of all time. So I guess I, maybe that's where the Matt Thiessen influence comes from. There, there's a little bit of it, yeah. And then, yeah, you have Look On Up, Jesus Freak remix. That's great. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's that's so convenient. Yeah. Like, so okay. So so you have a little bit of Reliant K. If you had to list uh, four other you know bands or artists that inspire you, who would you say? At least right now. And and yeah, that ooh. that list I know is always subject to change. Who would you put in that list? It's mostly yeah. So I would say at the moment I'm thinking right now at the top of my head. Radiohead has been super influential. Like I just, I don't know. I, I like this. I know it's typical for an indie artist, but Radiohead, Kendrick Lamar. I like. Oh. I think it's just really like the idea of how he rounds out, like how he basically. How do I say this? How he kind of thinks about his idea, like album ideas, and like how there's a lot, there's something a lot deeper that you can have conversations with and think about. And that's what I want to do with every album is that I want people to think more deeply about. Um, you know, the stuff that I do and like the themes and the topics. And that's why I think every album is an album because like there's a whole narrative that kind of weaves through each song. And I think in the same way as Kendrick's albums, I think I would like to do the same thing. Mm, Let's see. Porter Robinson, because like this new, like Nurture was the soundtrack that I was listening to heavily um, while ma- making cycles of change. And again, I really want like, again, it's capturing moments, capturing memories. So that was one of those albums that was like, yeah, I'm like, that is like a memory. Like, that's something that I like, I don't know. Like he really stepped up. Like I love worlds, but nurture, there's something so special about that album. Well, I mean, worlds like, came out in like, oh, it's been ages. Uh, yeah. was that, like that's actually one of the few electronic music albums I actually have on a CD. That came out in 2014. Yeah. We were babies. We were but children. Yeah. No, that that thing that thing's almost 10 years old. That's crazy. Yeah. It's been a little while since I've listened to the album. But I mean like Sad Machine uh and Divinity Divinity Flicker. Yeah, Flicker. There's one it's near the end of the album. Goodbye to a world. Well, I mean that would be the very end of the album. I, um, what is it? Lionhearted. I'd have to listen to it. It's it's where it like it it just goes it just goes crazy like in the middle of the song. I'm trying to remember which one it is, but oh well, it doesn't matter. I'm. In- oh wait, oh I, I just remembered. I think I know what it is. Uh, like, bah, bah, bah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold up, hold up. I'm trying to. Uh, what it was? To it? Spotify, no, I- we go. Copyright strike me. Actually, you know, if we do this on YouTube, then I'll definitely get copyright striked. But you'll, okay, Spotify, yeah, but definitely with my music, you'll definitely get copyright strike. Yeah, that, with because like maybe that's why. What I should do is I definitely should post this on YouTube to see as a smaller channel at this point in time. Uh, well, maybe forever. Who knows? Uh, but who knows? Who knows? But uh, yeah, if they copy strike me, the only thing I've ever had copy striked is I had like a really old bootleg of a Dead Mouse track, and it didn't get uh, copyright striked like until like six years after I posted it. Like it was one of the first thing I I ever posted on SoundCloud. It was it was from the Dead Mouse's song in Goat Simulator called Petting Zoo, and I I okay. For my remix, quote unquote remix, I didn't remix anything. I just added instruments and I like cut out the where his kick sample would be and I added my own. It it wasn't great, but 
I was still very proud of it. And I, I even remember, like, I didn't know what I was doing because I found the, the project file after I got copyright straight. Because I'm like, oh, I should go look at this project file. It's been a while. And I didn't even have a limiter on the master all i did was i is i turned down my master fader like 2db because of the samples i added uh it just was the just right amount so that it wasn't causing any clipping like at that point i had no idea what a limiter was there is one point of like speaking about old tracks i made this one track it was like this is the greatest track i ever made and then i realized like going back years later it was like clipping (laughs) and i was just like it's like, like, what it was I thinking? Exactly. Yeah. No learning. I think like yeah. And then someone called me out. Like I, I posted it on SoundCloud when I, after I made that track because I, I have I, I from like I think from when I started producing music to twenty eight no twenty twenty like during like rough night when I was making rough night I just used strictly the demo version of FL Studio like oh, was too broke right and so like I I kind of made my way and I mixed it and everything like that in a day and then I posted it and there were like the one guy I think someone I think maybe it was even Rob is like it's clipping and you're like what's clipping exactly exactly yeah <laughs> no oh what what a what a beautiful day it is as a young producer when you realize that limiters exist <laughs> but yeah I mean like when you were younger like was there any uh like production stuff that you overused or underused because mine uh was compression like I never touched a compressor until like like a few years ago like I I, I or, or like multi-band compression I mean like that's that's an exaggeration I think it was probably like four years into me learning how to produce that I finally figured out compressors are a good thing. But what about you? Like, was there anything that you overdid or underdid aside from not knowing how to limit stuff? I think the two things that I would say that I didn't know what to do like earlier was like a, a compressor, obvious. But like the thing was, I used the compressor, but I only used the gain knob. So if, if something was quiet, I'll just use the gain knob. But I didn't know like the ratios and like, like the compression ratios and everything like that. Right. And I, and it was like, I had it, even like I had professors explain it to me and I just felt like this is not working for me like I tried compressing it's like what is going on and then when I finally did it was like that's how you do it yeah that's how you do it a chorus of angels sings as you get the proper ratio for your compressor and it's like yeah things are beautiful (laughs) and then the second one is EQ I just, well, I mean, I've done, like, I use the preset and they'll EQ it for me. But, like, I was like, oh, you use preset EQs. Oh, oh. I use preset EQs. And then, like, but then, like, now I know, like, what to cut and what to, like, I was like, now I know, like, what to cut. But then there's, like, I do cheat a little bit. I have this plugin. Well, actually, I know this is in the gears, but we should, uh, but I'll talk about it. I have this plugin called, like, the SSL E channel or whatever. Okay. And it just, and so, like, I, I know how to run the knobs. Like, so if the knob, like, if the EQ doesn't work to my liking, I know where to edit. But most of the time, I just slap it on and be like, okay, there it, it is. It sounds good. If it sounds good, it, it sounds, sounds good. good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so this, this uh, well, since we're talking about it, talking about gear, we might as well uh, start the segment. It doesn't have a stinger uh, yet, but basically, actually, hold on. I actually have it. What it's called, written on a piece of paper. So I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna put a little edit in the episode. Just jump cut. I'm gonna go get some light. Let me go get yeah. a light. Too. We're gonna, it's getting dark. Yeah, no, it sounds good. We're just gonna put put it on pause. Actually, actually, I have a pause button. I'm gonna press it now. And we're back. So this segment is called, and this was uh, uh, thanks to my sister. We were at the, at this point in the podcast making process, brainstorming all this the beautiful segments that we'll have on this show in the near future, uh, dear listener. Uh, but this segment is called. What's hot? What's hot? <laughs> this this is this is uh taken a bit from one of my other favorite podcasts uh my favorite one of my favorite comedians tim hawkins has a, his own show where he has 
a, a bit what's called What Are You Loving? And it's just kind of a, an opportunity to talk about something that you're really into at the moment, except this is gear edition. So what, Isaiah, as you have come out from making this album and you're working on other musical things or from working on this album, what are uh, three things that you were loving using in the music creation process? For me, I think the biggest plugin, if I if there's only one, if well, I know there's three, but like the first one I would say the most important one was Portal by Output. Mm. That I was I was very interested in granular synthesis because I was like, you know, if you heard like the 1975 where they have like little glitches in their tracks or sometimes they'll have like little, like the piano will glitch a lot or something like that. Like they'll have like, I don't know how to say this. Like it's kind of not really in the beat, but it's kind of like glitching out or something like that. I was very interested in that. And so I did some research and I found about Portal and they showed like demos about like how it glitches and stuff like that. And really like that plugin for me is a game change. Like for me, it was like one of my favorite plugins ever because it's just like, you can take like guitar stuff and you can just kind of mess around. Separate was the definitely like a huge thing where I just like, well, I kind of just messed around with it, like mess around with like um, Portal. I like use these little glitches. So these little glitches will come from Portal. Uh... Feel Live was definitely used that. So like I'll use a synth, like a, like a drone synth. But then with Portal, you can use that, like you have like one of these presets that uh, Portal has, you can adjust it to your liking. And it just like occasionally like it would glitch or do some like weird glitches. I think what, what was really powerful was in the, was in um, a confession defenseless where like at the end, like the piano would kind of just glitch and do this, these weird glitches towards the end. Right. So that was really like those things were really, really fun to do, like mess around with and just be like, I was kind of like a kid in a candy store, just messing around with, um, just the the settings, the controls, just everything about it. Okay, I I do remember getting ads for Portal. Uh, may, it, maybe it was just like last year. The granular the vibe is very cool. So, I yeah. I I approve. I approve. <laughs> That's all I had to say. I approve. You approve. Yeah. Um. I think the second one, well, I mean, it's been a usual, like for every album, this has been always a lifesaver, but I think there's a new preset or like a new instrument library that was really, really nice. And like, I think it's now my favorite piano out of everything. It's called the glass piano. I think it's like- Is it just, is it the glass piano or is it just called glass piano? I think, wait, let me check the, I'm gonna, let me check on my screen end because I'm I'm also oh, is screen it recording. Is it is it a labs? Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's the labs. It's like what is it? Let me check for a second here because I have um, labs. I don't know if they're gonna ask me to update, but it was like this one uh, thing. It was. Oh, it's um, it's based. Is it? It's based on uh, Philip Glass's the oh, composer. Oh yes. Okay. Yes, that was the one. Okay, yeah. I was looking for that one in my own uh, Spitfire library, but. So yeah, Philip Glass, yeah, the, the the glass pianos, especially like the soft pianos, heavily were in a lot of songs, especially like when the lights fade. That's like a really, really like it was so beautiful. I was like, this is a really beautiful piano. And it's probably one of my favorite pianos to just, sometimes I'll just go on my piano nowadays after the album and I'm just like, kind of just doodle. And I'll just like, just play on that piano and just doodle and figure out ideas. And from those ideas, I'll figure out something. Uh, one way or another. Right. So yeah. I'm curious, um, uh, what uh, what song is it? I can, I can think. Oh, Wait For yeah, You. Yeah, that's Wait For You. Did you use the uh, that piano for Wait For You or is that a different one? I think it was just the soft piano. Cause like at the time, I don't think it was there. That glass piano was there. Okay. And I just like use, so at the time, like I, I wrote that, that was when, okay. And I should talk about the song, right? Cause I know you asked about yeah, it this earlier. Is, and yeah, I this didn't is really actually to... one of my personal favorites of, of, of yours. I know we're kind of interrupting the segment, but we're just kind of a quick rabbit hole. Yeah. I started like wait for you. I just wrote that just for like, cause I was really at a point where like, I really burned myself out. Like I was doing it like eat, sleep, drink music. And I was so drained out of working on the album or like during that summer period that I was so drained out. And then like, I just started writing Wait For You all of a sudden. Like all of a sudden I started writing Wait For You, like with the chords what would become Wait For You. And I just produced that song like in a day. And then, and so 
I was like, I don't know. I, I was really happy about this song. Yeah. Like this song, I didn't know how people would feel because it, it's a lot more, I guess, explicit in terms of the faith themes because I don't really talk that much about it. Right. And so this was like, but a lot of people, even people who don't want to do anything with like a faith-based, you know, beliefs or something or religious beliefs or anything like that, they say, this is my favorite song of yeah, the album. Yeah, no, so and that, like, that, that I, I felt the same way. This, this song, uh, along with Separate, had the most soul to them in my opinion. So, and I, I think because of the, the thematic elements is what gives it the most soul. So yeah, I would, I would, and like, even like just the opening for wait for you, like that piano you've, you've successfully made like an iconic piano riff, which is, which is always a, it's bravo when you can pull something like that off. So we're just going to listen to it just for a quick second and then we'll get to your third piece. so good and also i think in relation to the album like in cycles of change i think it's like a sense of freedom so this is the opening of the second half of the album i think i split the album in like two halves and this is like the opening of the second half so a confession defenseless transitions to this song and i made sure like that everything transitions but yeah it just it feels like a sense of freedom and the the, the things that i've experienced in my life and the freedom that i've experienced you know it just felt like this was opening a new door or something like that right yeah that's that's so cool and props to you for uh, adding the lyrics to the Spotify lyric feature. What is that called again? It's just called lyrics. Like, how long did that take? That, okay, I still have to do it for the rest of the album, and I still have to do it for the other three albums. <laughs> but it's like, you have to, like, make sure that everything's correct. And then, like, they make you do the, like, karaoke style, where they, like, make you have to sync the song, like, each time. So it's like... It's a very tedious process, and it's like, wow! Like I need to do all of this. Like it's it's a te- like I give props to anybody who does it. Yeah. It's just I it's, sometimes have problems. Like it's one of those things that I think, especially for Spotify, like just like having the I think it's called the canvas, right? Where you have yeah. have like there's your album artwork, but then when you open up the song that you see a video play, like I've heard that. Statistically, that actually helps um, uh, retention of of uh, the listener because um, it just gives them something else to, uh, you know, interact with. Look at. Or look at, yeah. But like with the lyrics, like I I haven't had to do it yet, but I've I briefly looked at the feature and it's like, oh my goodness, this must take so much time. So seeing that you have it on Spotify is just, that's... Very well done. Thank you. Very well done. And and I do believe that canvases do retain attention. And it's a really nice, like, for promotional stuff, it's been easier for me to, like, share that the new song is out because, like, it's, like, I can add a funny video on it or, like, something interesting and people will be like, oh, let me check out this track. Yeah, and, and so... Yeah, and, I, and I, I, I don't even think canvases, they have to be, like, overly produced either for them to work. Yeah, but I'd, there's... Uh, which one, which canvas do you have that you're, like... Or do you have it on multiple tracks? I I didn't notice. Like, but you're. I you're have in, it like, on every. You, yeah. I, mean, I should. If I was to look on my phone, that would tell me instead of just asking. But I know. Yeah, with this one, 
you're, you're in the mountains <laughs> and you're looking at stuff. That's for the wait for you video. Yeah, that's that's great. So like if there's a music video for the album, I'll just like do that. If it's just for like Rough Night, I, 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 I think the biggest thing I regret from Rough Night is that I didn't make a music video for any of the out of the songs. Oh. I think I was just like over it. I think for me. The reason why Rough Night was so rushed, I think like there was a period where I was ready to move on to the next era. I was like, I'm done, done with working with it. And you know what? Sometimes I think that's a good thing. But I do actually want to talk about uh, music videos in a second. But I want gear number three. Or Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or one one final piece of gear. I talked about this earlier, and definitely this has become my favorite plugin, the SSS, SSL channel, e, the E-channel, like from Waves. Okay. And again, SSL again, like... The, E-channel. <laughs> Google's so, like, like second when I was, result, SSL E-channel crack. Yeah, no. <laughs> waves. No, but I was... Uh, I was looking like I think. Oh yeah, I forgot the other school, uh, music school I went to. So other before Norco Music, is this it? I went to. Oh, so, sorry to interrupt. Which uh, one? If you look at the stream, is this it? I'm looking at the stream, but I don't. I only see Discord. Oh, 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 oh! I made a goof. Stop streaming. Uh, so yeah, anytime I've been actually like looking up stuff as you've been talking. <laughs> I wasn't sharing the correct oh. screen. There we go. Now I'm sharing Google. There we go. <laughs> You're you're probably okay. thinking, why are you sharing us talking, Tobin? <laughs> no, 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 it, it's uh, good. I was like, no, but yeah, that's the one SSL E channel. So here's the story about it. Before Norco, I went to my my parents uh, sent me to this like um, like art school. Well, they like this after school program in Pasadena, right, in California. And basically, it will be like they just like it's a bunch of these artists just jamming together and. Kind of recording music in the it's it's similar to what uh, my college does, but like it's less collaborative. It's just like kind of isolated a little bit more. But I met a bunch of talented artists, and then like the engineer there, he showed me like because he was like he really liked my stuff, like the productions I did because I worked very quickly. Like I got around to knowing Logic because of my experience with FL. So he just showed me around like how to work it because he thought I was going to be the one to pass on the baton for engineering. And so he showed me the SSLE channel. And I was so impressed because there's this rapper that I like um, called Kevin Ali. He used to go by Quentin Westby. And I just saw what it did to his voice. And I was just so impressed. And I was like, one of these days, this is the plugin I'm going to buy. And I just held it back for so many years. And then, like, I think I saw Kenny Beats tutorial. I think, like, an Alex DeMay, like, who's, like, mixed Kenny Beats stuff, uh, like a tutorial of his. And he just showed the SSLG channel. I was like, it's about time. And I bought it. And I, and I, it's probably one of my favorite plugins. I think it's the, other than the fruity paramedic EQ, it's one of the very first things I put in on the, uh, like the, the track, like if it's, if it's a certain track and I just look at the presets, but if it needs adjusting, of course, obviously I'll need adjusting. I think the only time I don't use that, uh, E channel is with the bass. Cause I just don't feel like the bass is as heavy enough right. with that E channel. But like everything else, like guitars, I think it, like acoustic guitars pops pretty well. Vocals does pretty well. All you just need is a de-esser. And then I think like synths really, strings and synths really do well here. And it's just probably one of my fair plugins, just overall for mixing. Again, like you don't need this stuff. Like you really don't need this stuff for mixing. Like again, it's really because like, you just know you have to know your knowledge and know how to get around things. Right. Man, does this make it easier? Man, does it make me more focused on creating rather than just the after process? Of it. Right, like, I can because yeah, because when you're creating music, that is something that you do have to deal with, which is sorry. Let me, let me start that again. When you create music as the sole creator, there's m so many different processes that you're going through to create a finished product. So when you're, you're recording stuff, you're mixing stuff, you're trying to make sure everything works, you have to make sure that you like everything enough, then you have to master the thing and then distribute it yourself and then whatever other promotional material you need. But even just yeah. composing, like, when you mix and master like especially like when i write or work on stuff i definitely kind of mix as i go and that has its pros and cons and it's it's yeah it is way easier when you don't have to worry about as much stuff and you can just focus on being creative 
uh, making, you know, sick piano lines or whatever. Also, like, I think I'm just very, I, I think this is the flaw of mine where I like, I kind of just get impatient of just kind of just doing like a, like just like the bare minimum of just recording and just putting the drums together. I want to kind of hear how it sounds like mixed and kind of a little mastered, but mixed mostly. That way I can be like, okay, this is something that I helps you on have or, a clearer end goal mentally. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, this has been a very <laughs> wonderful first ever. What's hot? What's hot? Thank you, Isaiah and Stinger. Blah, 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 blah. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, the final thing that I'd love to talk with you about before I let you go um, is uh, music videos. I'm trying to remember what track it was, but I got to go back to your YouTube channel. Isaiah Villar, YouTube. What was the track with the ghosts? You were running around with the bedsheet. Oh, Floating Ghost. That's from my second album, uh, Loss of Innocence. Yes, I remember watching it, picturing in my head how much fun you must have had filming it. <laughs> unless I'll, unless it was okay. a nightmare. So That's also if, possible. I don't know. I haven't talked no. about it with you so, yet. So it's a little bit of both. But I think like I think everything like went well, but it did take a while for me to like learn the camera tricks and like learn how to execute it. There were days where like I wasn't able to execute it the way I wanted and we had to go home and just like we didn't get anything shot. Right. There were days where like uh, we had to delay shoots because either because it was it was filmed during COVID. So obviously oh, COVID restrictions. Right. And this was the first time I because my college I'll give you context for this whole thing. My college um, Norco Music like invited me to do a music video instead of a set uh, uh, for their live stream Twitch stream. So I was like thinking, okay, let's go bigger and better and crazier than the first one because the first one was just me going upstairs and downstairs and backwards and going filming all that kind of stuff. But this video in particular, this was the first time that I was like, okay, we really got to go big because like, of course, like I feel like I've always wanted to go every time like I do a project, I always got to go ambitious bigger better how do i freeze how the limits do you improve? of what i improve that's right improvise adapt overcome well, yeah yeah no, it's i mean you're always trying to improve the craft and i mean it's not easy they gave us a crew and i had a concept like we're gonna do floating ghosts and time to leave which are two individual tracks off lost of innocence but because it was like they're like guys it's like eight minutes long and there's nothing wrong i'm not trying to diss the crew or anything like that but like, it was like, there was like creative differences. There were some things like where we had to debate things. And then like in the editing, I didn't know that they, like I had a temp storyboard and then like they kind of just, they, they edited it with the temp storyboard. So it was just awkward. So I had to edit it myself. But the cool thing is I, I got my friends. We had the lunch dinner at the end of the shoot. It was really fun. Like the days we got the shoot, like it was a really cool environment. There's some people who I consider as friends and peers like at that time. So it was a fun video but a lot of thought, a lot of processing. And it was just like, at the end of the video, like at the end of the shoot, I'm just like, like the end of, like when they're actually streaming it, I'm just like really like exhausted, like, wow. Like I just did. Yeah. So yeah. And I, I didn't, I, did you mention in the description that it was a college? Uh, I think at the credits, it's there to the credits. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that does ring a bell from when the last time I watched it. So ha that being a group collaboration video, what was one of the biggest takeaways that you, well, that you took away. What was one of your biggest takeaways? I have one big takeaway, but I also feel bad for saying this. I, I learned that one of the things that I learned is that to have a crew that is passionate, because like the people, like the people who are in the cast, they were very passionate about the project. Like the people who are in the cast, like my brothers and my friends, like some of my closest friends ever. Right. Like they were very passionate. And there's some of the crew who was passionate, but then there's some people who I was like, when I was trying to attend to little details or try to think, make things like, like t tiny details or try to be attentive to those things. They're like, eh, they won't notice. And they move on to the next shot. And I just felt like they were just there for a buck. And it's just for me. It's hard like, to be passionate about something, especially when you're working with people that aren't. Yeah, that, I understand that. Because, yeah. I mean, you're burning because you're trying to do a cool thing. And you're like, please burn with me. <laughs> take my, cre yeah. take my creative no, but spark. And they're like, nah. <laughs> no, but I also like, I think 
it, another thing doing that because I was I've always directed my own videos on my own like at home and just doing it all by myself like a do it all yeah, thing. Yeah, what's, what's one of your favorites that you've done by yourself? Because I mean the latest one uh, which well, is something you released three weeks ago which is Men which is you. Yeah, that's a whole visual album so like I kind of yeah, that still got me exhausted like to this day. I'm like still like oh, I just did that. <laughs> it's like um no, so um, for that video, in, like for my favorite video, I think that I did alone was Point of View and uh, well, Confession Defenseless. That was a great one, too. Wait for You is a great one. Uh, let's see. And then also, uh, I mean, Wait, wait uh, for You was called like wait a, circle for you of a, was a green screening uh, masterpiece. Yeah. And how much time that must have taken to you to make. Like, the most time-consuming thing about that video in particular was just finding the stock footage to get the the idea that I wanted to do. Because, like, there are very few... I, I didn't realize how hard and ambitious, like, the idea of traveling to another place and traveling to another area. I was like, there's enough photos in Orlando, right? <laughs> there's got to be something, like... And then I realized, like, oh, they... Like, you don't really take that many pictures of Unsplash. Like, I was like looking for photos and being like, okay, this might be a good idea. Yeah, there's, there's probably like a bunch of like family photos that just weren't what you're looking for. And you're like, that's great. Except for the lady in the picture in the the spot that, you know, whatever. I, I don't envy you, but I'm, I'm still glad that you went through and finished making that project. But again, like the thing, another thing, yeah. Cause another thing that I learned from Floating Ghost was that, yeah, to learn how to, um, just like to direct other people, like how a set environment should be. How should I? I mean, it's not like the most professional set environment, but like, you know, it was like something that for me, I was like, okay, I learned how to do that and I learned how to execute ideas and have a storyboard and um, be organized as a director and kind of shoot and plan things. Yeah, which so. we're not doing for this episode. That's ridiculous. Why would we want to plan anything? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, music, you know definitely has a lot of planning yeah well yeah yeah but true for this one in particular the one that we're watching right now i'm watching we're watching the video for separate so yeah these are like different ideas i thought of it really cool to have like this big art exhibition kind of type kind of thing where there's like a projector and kind of uh having a bunch of visuals and stuff cool stuff so i just kind of really was thinking about those like i think i was also thinking about like there's this camera i think there's like a camera obscura thing there's like a camera obscura effect or basically you kind of tape the window or something like that, or you put a hole and you kind of darken the entire room and it would just like do a reflection of your outside area and kind of make it kind of like similar to the projector where in, in like the hearts heavy video, but like, so it was kind of just popping off that idea and then hopping off to more ideas. But yeah, overall, I, I think I should get back to the, because I keep distracting myself with so many things because there's so many videos you're clicking on and I was like, okay, this one and that one. And, 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 you know, I think it's really one to like, it taught me how to be a good director and how to like have ideas and how to execute those ideas and how to um, make sure everything's yeah, be, being, going well on set. Being uh, more familiar with the creative process in the director's chair with the, the medium yeah. of film. Uh, for music videos. Yeah. yeah. Like that is another thing in the future that of course I'll, I want to make as well. I will, as I release an album, I want to make a music video for some of that music. And I'm just going through in my head what that process would look like and thinking, you know, is this something that I could do by myself for certain things or who would I want to help me? Could I pull off these shots? Um, what are my standards? Yeah. Um, <laughs> for you know for te any certain technical requirements like because sure. i mean like right now everything's going 4k and i mean and in the future it'll be 8k but that 8k is ridiculous like 4k is crazy enough i'll go i'll go with with the uh 2K. You know, I've seen, uh, like, recently, I have been getting, like, because I'm, I'm a collector of physical media, and I don't have a 4K player yet, but I've been obsessed with seeing, like, how things look like in 4K. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. But I, I can't imagine, like, I can't fathom how, like, films or stuff would look like in 8K. Like, I already, like, know 4K, how it looks like, but 8K is just like, whoa, it's like a whole new level. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think, like, it... 
that truly matters. I mean, maybe you can be picky like me and be picky about those things, but I don't even have a 4K camera. I hope to have one. Yeah. But like, and hopefully a, a one that does better in low light. But I think yeah, it's all, really all just. All I have is the Canon, um, what is it? Something 50. I have like the Canon Rebel T7i, oh, something like that. I remember T7. No, I think it's called the Canon M50. Okay. Uh, but it it supports 4K, but it there's like some drawbacks to using the 4K. Yeah. And I really want to get uh, a, 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 a piece of gear I can't afford at the moment, but would love to get would be the Blackmagic Cinema Camera, one of those. That's... Like the 6K <laughs> one. Use it for 4K video, but you would have more editing options, so you could you could frame your shot. Yeah. Um, or you could you could frame your shot in the edit, essentially. So, but that's thousands of dollars that I don't have at the moment. For me, yeah, like I did want to want the Black Magic, at least the 4K camera, because like for me, like it like I think it's a deal breaker. Like yeah. it's a great camera, plus you get. Black like uh, DaVinci Resolve, like the full version, which is for me oh, like DaVinci that's the thing Resolve I use. is so good, I love it. It's so good, yeah, but to, to get the full thing, like yeah, that would be great. Oh my goodness, it's so good. And I was just thinking that would be a great idea. But then the battery life, the, all these rigs you have to do it to keep it alive. Like I was thinking about the Panasonic GH5. Like I was thinking about doing that because like that's cheaper, and also like I could just use the lenses I have and. Exactly. That, yeah, I know. It's and, and just buy the software later. Yeah, I mean, it, in comparison, yeah, to make a fully rigged Blackmagic cinema camera, if you know what you're doing, like you can get great results with with the Panasonic. And I mean, you could you could make the same argument for uh, producing music as well. Like just because I have yeah. the the SM58 here, I could probably get some killer vocals if I know what I'm doing. Um, sure, it would be nice to have a nicer microphone. I do have nicer microphones, by the way, listeners. But yeah. this is just what I'm using at the moment. Uh, yeah, I could use my nicer condenser microphones. But you know, for this podcast, I know what I'm doing. I'll edit it. In. I'll, I will edit it nicely enough that it will do the trick, and then we're golden. But, anyways, we have been recording for a beautiful hour and a bit. So before we go, is there anything else that you'd uh, like to share with the audience? And uh, can you drop us your socials? Usually all my socials, like Twitter, it's at Isaiah, like underscore Villar. So at Isaiah underscore Villar, that's for uh, Instagram, Facebook, and then I think Twitter too. So you can do all those things. And Well, actually, I don't think there's an underscore on Facebook. It's like a dot. Isaiah, Isaiah dot Villar for Facebook, but everything else, it's Isaiah underscore Villar for Instagram and Twitter. And then YouTube, I think you can, you can just search my name, Isaiah Villar, and it's going to show up. The videos, I think, I'm just, yeah, the videos over there are going to show up. Uh, I don't, well, it's video, but, but I'm saying audio, but for the audio, the videos will show up. So basically you'll see like a ghost. That'll probably be the first thing that will show up. Super. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll just say is, um, you know, thank you, Tobin, for letting me be uh, one of the first or maybe the first. I don't know. You, what, what... you are the first uh, in the chat interview on the show. So No, I'm very honored to take a little peek into my process. I know there's a, I mean, thank you for letting me be able to talk about my album. No problem. Something that I've worked hard about. And um, yeah, thank you for, yeah. I, and I, again, to those people who've shot floating ghosts, I don't mean to, <laughs> I want to say this again because I feel bad for saying the comments that I said. But I, I like, I just, those were things that I learned, but it's like, I had a great time. I had a great experience. There's no diss. I'm just like, you know, it's all been good vibes. What, and I'm what, just, what you're what you're saying, Isaiah, is you're, you're, is you're saying to these people, thank you for making such a wonderful learning process for me. <laughs> No, yeah, no, but there's some people who who work on that set that are friends that are still like close friends. But yeah, again, thank you for yeah. If you listen to my music, yeah, thank you. Cycles of Change out now. Everyone, go listen to Isaiah's music. It's good. Yeah, the visual album. If you want to watch, if you're like someone who likes Canvas, maybe watch the full thing, the music videos that go with it, or the visual videos, so you have something to go with it. So yeah, thank you again for inviting me. This was a really fun podcast and this is a really chill time I'm just like 
Yeah, this is really fun. We should do this again. And you know what? We shall. All right, guys. See you later. Bye.